The following podcast is brought to you by the Village Zendo. For more information, visit villagezendo.org. Good evening. It's good to see you all. Uh, I wasn't really in the mood to give a talk tonight because, uh, frankly, I've been feeling uh, last day or two, I've been kind of feeling kind of rattled uh, by... Uh, Yes, as you know, here in New York, uh, we've had some of the most intense air pollution uh, we've ever experienced. And uh, yesterday, the sun was literally blotted out, very uh, uh, apocalyptic. And uh, today is much better, but even today, uh, it's stuffy in here, and uh, my instinct is to open uh, the window to let in some fresh air, and I go, Oh, wait a minute. Uh, no, the fresh air isn't out there. <laughs> this is as fresh as it's going to get for another day or two. So I've sort of been re-traumatized, you know, yesterday, seeing people moving along the streets and the smoke uh, with masks on. Uh, there was something about it that uh, brought back uh, the feelings of the early days of the uh, COVID uh, pandemic. So, you know, so I'm saying to myself, oh, I'm a little upset and jittery and, uh, you know, it's not the best circumstances under which to give a Dharma talk. And I think this is a, a really great example of the way uh, we can inhibit ourselves if we become overly attached to that uh, function of our minds that uh, we call it the discursive intellect that thinks about stuff, that compares stuff. So uh, after all, all I have right now is my jitters and uh, a smoggy sky and a screen full of faces. And I just have to talk from my heart. That's all I have to do. Uh, uh, but like I compare it to other days when I was feeling more on my game and more comfortable. Uh, and uh, so that whole uh, mental uh, palace is created as if there are in reality other days uh, besides this moment. Well, there are, but they're just in my head. Uh, uh, and it sort of brought to mind this kind of inhibition um, uh, back when I was in my uh, late teens and early 20s and trying to be a writer. And I, you know, I'd write and I go, oh, what's the point of doing this? I'm never going to be as good as James Joyce. It, it's the same problem. Uh, well, I didn't have to be as good as James Joyce. Uh, uh, yes, I never will be as good as James Joyce as a writer. Uh, but all I have to do is write. And worrying about how I compare to James Joyce or Shakespeare or Hemingway, Jane Austen, any of the greats, uh, that, that was just sort of uh, attaching to a uh, mental world, a very important mental world, of course. Uh, 
uh, you know, you put your work out there and it will be compared to other people who have put work out there. And uh, that world is very real in the human realm. Uh, we live uh, in that Ill relative world because that's what we have to do to be in human society. The human realm is characterized by delusion. Uh, and this is this is why. So uh, although what's actually happening now is uh, I'm just talking at an iPad, uh, you know, in the back of my mind, well, yes, but this I'm talking to the village Zendo in the United States of America. Uh, there's this whole world out there that I've created in my head. And it's not an illusory world. It's a real world, but it's a real mental world. All that's really here before me is just what's happening, what's coming in through the five skandhas in any of these two perspectives, uh, not to get stuck uh, in the world of comparison uh, and yes and no, good and bad, right and wrong. Am I good enough? Am I as good as James Joyce? Uh, I'm giving a talk. Is it going to be as good as one of Dogen's talks? Uh, uh, well, in a relative sense, the answer, of course, is no. Uh, but actually, this is exactly the talk that I'm giving and that you're hearing now. There is no other talk in this moment. So we want neither to be stuck in that relative world, although it's extremely important that we have a mental picture of the world. Uh, we also don't want to be stuck in the world of, well, it's just what's happening, man. I mean, this is what's going on. This is reality. All that other stuff doesn't matter. Uh, I'm just going to be who I am, what I am. Uh, just this, just this, just this moment. This is the only thing that's real, this screen. Well, as you can see, these two worlds cannot be separated. Because if I say there's just this, the screen, I'm comparing it <laughs> uh, to something else, to uh, the mental picture I have of an entire world around me. So what we're, we're really looking for, at least what I'm looking for uh, in my practice, is a way not to stick to either of these two perspectives, but allow them to nourish each other. Uh, to strengthen each other, to fortify each other. Um, and, uh, you know, in our uh, chanting of the identity and relative and absolute, uh, we talk about it uh, as a box and its lid. The relative fits the absolute as a box and its lid. So how do we do this? How do we harmonize 
and how do we avoid the tendency to get stuck on one side or the other? Uh, and I, I think there's uh, a koan that really guides us uh, to sort of the open-minded attitude that we need in order to really function freely and effectively in the world, uh, to function with wisdom and compassion and neither get stuck on the side of being inhibited because we don't think we're good enough or on the side of, well, anything I do, that's the truth. Um, both of these are very limited perspectives. Anyway, the koan goes something like this. Uh, so one day, uh, the world honored one was walking with a congregation when he pointed to the ground and said, this spot would be a good place to build a sanctuary. Indra, the emperor of the gods, plucked a blade of grass, stuck it in the ground and said, the sanctuary is built. The world honored one smiled. Uh, this koan raises the question of what is it to build a sanctuary, uh, a place of refuge for ourselves and others? Um, how can we make uh, this world, which is often so frightening, into a place of refuge and sanctuary. How can we make a sanctuary of our homes, of our neighborhoods, of our places of work? So, Indra, when he uh, plucked the blade of grass, that was what was there. He, he didn't try to run off and find a, a drafting table and uh, come up with a plan to build a big temple and then uh, contract out the work. Uh, uh, I didn't do any of that. What was right there? What can I use? Well, there was a blade of grass right there. A blade of grass, which just as it was, was the illuminated Dharma, fully present right there, uh, without comparing it to anything else. Uh, a blade of grass, as many of you know, in, in the literature, uh, is a symbol uh, for the world of delusion, uh, the hundred grasses. Um, but this is where those two uh, perspectives come together. Because yes, 
A blade of grass is just a blade of grass. It isn't a mighty temple. But a blade of grass is just as much illuminated dharma as the most beautiful temple that was ever built. This talk is nowhere near as good or as profound as anything Dogen Zenji said or wrote or any of the other uh, great sages of the past. But this talk, just as it is, and it's inadequacy and coming from kind of a queasy, quaking little heart, uh, just as it is, is illuminated dharma, no less than anything the mighty Dogen said to his community. Now, in the world of uh, comparison, which is an important part of the human realm, an essential part, uh, people are going to be reading Dogen and not Rio, and I applaud that uh, wholeheartedly. Uh, but as we say, uh, the practice of a beginner on his first day or her first day at the Zendo is just as much an illumination of the truth as someone who's been practicing 40 years. The Dharma is equally present in the beginner, in the old hand. The Dharma is equally present in a clear blue sky or a fiery, smoky hellscape. It's equally present. And because it's equally present, Anything that comes to hand can be used to build our sanctuary, can be offered in a spirit of wisdom and compassion, or can be received in a spirit of respect and gratitude. plucking a blade of grass, sticking it in the ground. The sanctuary is built. Uh, I uh, received some really great examples of uh, that grass blade being stuck in the ground uh, today. And uh, they were helpful to me in my kind of a queasy, disorganized state. Uh, I was very touched uh, uh, to read on the, uh, the E-list, uh, Seicho out in California, who has been through this kind of air quality alert many, many times, uh, just offering some advice about what, what kind of air filters you might want to buy. Is that a big deal? A huge sanctuary? No, it's just a blade of grass, just an email, just a moment of taking the time to think about people on the other side of the country and to offer them some encouragement and a little timely advice. Sacho stuck a blade of grass in the ground 
when the sanctuary was built. Later on, I read an email from Mia Getsu encouraging people to come uh, to the Zendo saying, hey, look, we got these great air filters at the Zendo, come on in, you know. They make a big difference. I was there this morning. Another blade of grass where the illumined Dharma was fully present. Uh, it's uh, a new religion going to be founded on the basis of either of these emails, uh, as it was on the basis of Shakyamuni's teaching. Uh, no. They are illuminated dharma, no less than what Shakyamuni Buddha expounded, in which we do our best to embody to this very day. There's a uh, verse that goes along with this uh, koan that I think makes the point uh, really beautifully and in a really, to me at least, touching way. The boundless spring on the hundred plants is the first line. The boundless spring on the hundred plants. This is basically, the hundred plants is basically all those blades of grass out there. Uh, all the stuff, uh, both good, bad, indifferent as we judge it. Uh, each one is the embodiment of the boundless dharma, the boundless spring, which refreshes itself each moment in all the humble bric-a-brac of our daily lives. We encounter illuminated dharma and are in fact illuminated dharma encountering illuminated dharma. So, the boundless spring on the hundred plants. Picking up what comes to hand, he uses it knowingly. And of course, this refers to Manjushri picking up the blade of grass. But it equally refers to Secho sending out advice about air filters. Miyagetsu. Encouraging people to come practice at the Zendo and enjoy the filtered air. Picking up what comes to hand, he or she uses it knowingly. The next line is the 16 foot golden body, a collection of virtuous qualities leads him by the hand into the red dust. Well, what could be more appropriate? <laughs> uh, in New York City, we've been seeing the red dust everywhere. But in a more uh, metaphorical sense, it's, you know, all the mess we have to deal with in our everyday life. All the stuff that we think is taking us away from the truth, 
when it's actually presenting us with the truth, just as it is. All of it is the 16-foot golden body of the Buddha, which is a metaphor for the Dharmakaya, the Buddha body which extends everywhere and the 10 directions, and which is accessible from wherever you are. And the virtuous qualities, what are those? I, I tend to think they're the skandhas, <laughs> the vehicle of delusion, form, sensation, perception, discrimination, consciousness, How else will we encounter this marvelous body except through the vehicle of our delusion? The skandhas, too, are empty. They're pure and undefiled. There's no need to run from them or to suppress them or to try to hit yourself over the hammer to avoid the onrushing uh, chaos of everyday life. And it leads us by the hand into the red dust, into the world of suffering, where we can make a difference just by using what comes to hand, including ourselves. Maybe we're not James Joyce or Dogen Zenji. But we're okay. We are illuminated Dharma as well. And the more we get out of our own, the way of our own true self, the more we can share our life of wisdom and compassion with all beings. And then the uh, poem winds up. Uh, with uh, a line that just sort of makes me want to cry. Uh, it says, everywhere, life is sufficient in its way. No matter if one is not as clever as others. We can all offer that blade of grass right from where we are. We can all share our wisdom and compassion right from where we are. Heaven and earth might not be astounded, but the Dharma can be illuminated right at this very moment, right from where we are. <laughs>